The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Brancy. Sunday, bloody Sunday. We're not done yet. Jason B. Takafin's going to step up and in. we got the Big E, Eric Cohen, kicking it with us. Uh, Cohen, of course, is a uh, super Toronto Maple Leaf uh, fan, so we'll get into it uh, with Cohen and uh, break down the series. We've got baseball talk with, uh, with Takafin. We'll get more picks from Babano in a couple of moments' time. And, man, it's really, really been a wild, wild week of, of sports, man. It really has been just like, you know, historical type of stuff that we take it for granted, but I really am appreciating it. Some crazy ass stuff like, you know, from Jason Tatum dropping 50 LeBron shot uh, the other night against uh, Golden State, the Wizards getting into the playoffs, Phil Mickelson, Phil Mickelson won the PGA championship. Phil Mickelson wins the, uh, and it's crazy on a day today because there was a lot of, there's a lot of stats like, you know, Trey Young is the second player in NBA history with 30 points, 10 assists, and five rebounds in his postseason debut. Uh, DeAndre Ayton. Like, there's, there was a lot of young guys. Like, you look at the Memphis Grizzlies, a lot of young guys lighting it up uh, right now. Yet, Phil Mickelson is not a young guy. And Phil Mickelson wins the PGA Championship. Phil Mickelson is just the fourth golfer in PGA Tour history to win in four different decades. Joining Sam Snead, Raymond Floyd, and Davis Love the third. Mickelson uh, becomes the oldest major champion at 50 years old. It's actually inspiring. As somebody that's not young, right, to see Mickelson do this, um... K.K. Downing of Judas Priest just released a new record, uh, a solo record, well, K.K.'s Priest. Uh, he's 69 years old. 69 years old. You should hear this record. Shredding. You know, shredding. Epic uh, elite metal at 69 years old. So age is just a number, man. And, you know, it's proven that you can be successful, you know, as, as, as a young athlete or a young person in this world or – you know what? I don't think, uh, like, Beethoven didn't write his best works until he was in his mid-50s type of deal. So, great, great stuff from Phil Mickelson. Uh, you know, incredibly, it's, you know, beating all these young guys. And what's crazy, too, is Phil Mickelson came in ranked 150. Yeah, that's what he was in, like, the World Golf Rankings, 150. It's the lowest uh, ranking of any major champion since 2003. This is Sports Rage. To be honest, we should come with a warning label. Caution. 24-hour sports talk may cause mild addiction. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. 
all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're everywhere. Radio, the internet, TV, satellite, and our mobile app. We make it easy. Like, real easy. In fact, if you're not listening, it's you. It's always you. Slacker. We are the SportsGrid Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Grid Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Sports Race Late Night continues. We're breaking it down with IC, Ian Cameron, Babano, one of the ice guys, and more Sports Pub Radio. Uh, you can catch him. Follow him on Twitter. It's the best uh, place to uh, to find the links to all of his uh, work. And you can get on his mailing list uh, and uh, more at Babano on Twitter. All right, Babano, man. Time always flies on Sunday nights, man, when we're recapping the weekend and taking a look at what's coming up. So New York Islanders, Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, what do you make of this? Going back to Pittsburgh now, tied it to two. Penguins minus 142, total five and a half. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on Pittsburgh for the series. I might put a little on Pittsburgh for this game, too. It's been one of those series where it's just been back and forth. Zigzag theory, Penguins, Islanders, Penguins, Islanders. That's been the pattern of this series. Pittsburgh goes back home, uh, and they played really poorly uh, by their standards. And, look, they let the game get away from them. The momentum, the crowd was really, really good for the Islanders on Saturday. I think it really they fed off that crowd. They got stronger as the game went on. I think if you're the Penguins, you've still got a much better game in you back home. The price is reasonable. It looked like it was, yeah, as you said, minus 140 or so the last I checked. I'd lay the number with Pittsburgh. I still think they pull out this series. It's not going to be easy by any stretch. The Islanders showed you good character, not going away. Uh, we know defensively they're still solid, but going back on the road against Pittsburgh here, uh, Crosby and, and Malkin and Gensel and Rust, the big guns of the Penguins, not necessarily good. Latang was in the box a lot. you got to think uh, guys like that are going to really respond strong on the home ice and play a lot better. I think Pittsburgh will win game five. Uh, Toronto, minus 164. I think the number's a little high. And as we talked about, yeah, the Leafs took game two. Uh, but these two teams do look very evenly matched. Montreal is going to get a little bit of a bounce playing at home, although... You know, there's no fans, um, you know, in, in the arena, uh, but I'm sure they'd rather play in the Bell Center than uh, than in Toronto, nevertheless. So what, what about this, uh, Babano? Canadians are plus 138, total five and a half here as well. I'm pulling the trigger with the Habs. Yeah, I mean, Montreal, uh, they got a better game in them than Saturday. And look, the Leafs were dominant Saturday, but again, they had a lot of power plays. They were playing with the uh, uh, the, the emotion of the Tavares situation. And look, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner and the top players were excellent for the Leafs, and that's the difference. And now they go to Montreal, Montreal's chance to maybe flex their muscles. I want to see what Montreal's lineup is before deciding, yeah. though, yeah, because yeah. I truly believe we need to see those two guys I mentioned in the last segment, Romanov and Caulfield. It's time. You know, you got to make some adjustments. In the, it's time to either bench Tatar or or put him on the fourth line. He's got he's been invisible in this series. Oh yeah, actually I've seen him once when he took a bad penalty. That's about yeah. it. Thomas Tatar's been terrible. He I was terrible down the stretch. I know Drew Ann early in the season. He's the guy I'd rip a lot for Montreal. Lately it's Thomas Tatar. He's been terrible. It's clearly there's someone else you can put in there at the forward group that can do a little bit more. I'd like to see what Montreal's lineup does. But, look, this series is closer than Leaf fans wanted or expected, and I think that's going to continue. Like, I think Toronto will win the series, but it'll be long. It'll be competitive, and I'm sure Game 3 will be more of the same. 
Ian Cameron kick it with us. Fun series, guys. Man, the playoffs just been off the. I just, I still can't believe Edmonton blew this lead tonight. Wow, they're gonna, they're gonna, and they got swept last year. They got swept last year. Imagine they get swept back to back years. Like, oh, like it's just, I'm just, I can't, I just, I can't believe it. <laughs> it's like, wow, I'm still, still in shock. Not to go backwards, but I'm just still, still in shock. I am too. It's stunning. This was four-one Edmonton with like ten minutes in the hockey game left. 4-1 Edmonton, four unanswered goals, three in the third, and then the overtime winner, and Winnipeg wins 5-4. Absolutely awful. And if you look at the faces of – if you got to see the post-game press conference with Leon and uh, Connor uh, after the game, my gosh. I mean, you can see that it's like someone died or, you know, you lost a loved one or something. It was a very, very depressing set of facial expressions for Dreisaitl and McDavid answering those questions. Tough to come back. Now they got to win four straight. Like they they they're in a lot of trouble. And they're probably like, just, what do we have to do, Gabe? We actually played well tonight, the two yeah. of us. David Emotionally too. The game. Quick turnaround too, Babano, right? Tomorrow. So quick turnaround. That's that's tough. That that's tough. You know, the old one game one game with a time stuff. So what about um this is one series that I've done well in actually is Tampa. I've just been riding the lightning. They're overwhelming the Panthers. There's different levels to this stuff. The Panthers had a nice year. Obviously the goaltending situation is a problem as well. They're just not as good as Tampa. And what, what do you make of this? What do you think Tampa just finishes these guys off, or do you think the, the Panthers have one more win in them here? If it's Spencer Knight in net, I might go with Florida here. Uh, and Coach Quenville, Joel Quenville, is thinking of Spencer Knight, the young rookie, the phenom, the guy that's going to be the future of the goaltending position for the Florida Panthers. There's no question. Spencer Knight led the U.S. World Junior team to a gold medal. Uh, in the most recent World Junior Hockey Championship, he was marvelous. He's been very, very steady in the few starts he's had with the Panthers. I don't agree with throwing him in in his first playoff start. He's got to play in an elimination game. But if there's one kid that's got the medal, the toughness, the poise, the mentality to thrive in that kind of spot, it's Spencer Knight. I don't think a whole lot gets to that kid. He's very calm. He's very collected. And at this point, I trust him a whole hell of a lot more as a young kid making his first ever playoff start than what I've seen out of Bobrovsky. Like Bobrovsky hasn't been absolutely brutal, but he has not made that one great save, that one save that we need it, a, t- a save based on a timely save, a big save where actually you, you got to do a little bit more than just the average run-of-the-mill save. He hasn't made any of those in this series. So you've got two options. I don't think it's going to be Drieger for Florida. It's either you got to commit to Bobrovsky and try to give your big-money goalie one more chance in an elimination game, or you're going to turn to the kid wonder, Spencer Knight. And it sounds at this point like it could be Spencer Knight, Gabe, because Spencer Knight was in the starters net at Florida Panthers practice on Sunday. So if you believe in that, we could be looking at Spencer Knight making his playoff debut. Speaking of Knights, how about the Vegas Golden Knights? Going back to Sin City right now, looking to uh, to uh, to eliminate the Minnesota Wild. Vegas have uh, turned it up a notch. And, of course, Colorado are waiting right now. Colorado made very quick work, swept the St. Louis Blues. What about Vegas here? Minnesota, big underdog. Uh, Minnesota plus 152. Vegas is like minus 180. Totals five and a half here. What do you make of this game, Babano? Well, you look at Boston and you look at Colorado, two teams that had the chance to eliminate their opponent on the first chance, and they both did. Uh, I'm not in a rush to bet Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota had their chances in Minnesota. They had a lead early in game three, blew it. Game four, couldn't get the job done. Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala have been shut down in this series, and without those two guys scoring, That's it for Minnesota because they've relied on them so heavily this season. That's a problem right now. And I should point – so I would only look to Vegas. I want to point out Vegas-Minnesota elimination game 
Winnipeg-Edmonton elimination game. We've seen two on Sunday. The third period over one and a half goals in the two elimination games already in this year's playoffs is 2-0. and And yep. over two and a half goals in the third period is 1-1. and And it probably was very close to being 2-0 and as well. So you got to bet these live overs in the third period somehow, someway in elimination games because it looks like they're already starting out to be a very profitable angle to bet, just like it's been the last couple of years in the playoffs. Third period elimination game, the overs look like they're going to keep cashing again. Yeah, you know, I'm kicking myself a bet. You know, the in-game, uh, in-game was four and a half in the Oiler game tonight? Yep. It was four and a half, bro. And, I, and it was plus money to the over. And I saw it. I was like, oh, God, really? I was like, man, I got to get in. I Colorado-St. Louis game. That game was what, two to one? Yeah, it was two to one for Colorado going into the third period. Over five and a half was plus 160 at the intermission. I bet that. And, of course, it ended 5-2. Like, you know, it exploded in the third period. St. Louis has to open up. They're facing elimination. they got to yeah. try to for it. they got to try to score. And it just leads to the third period goal flurry. No, you're exactly right. It's teams will start to take chances. They don't have a choice, right? So it's like we don't have a choice but to take a chance. So the defensemen will start pinching. You know, we see it in soccer all the time, right? One team, one team's trying to score, and it leads to the other team scoring, actually, <laughs> because the, the other team is just like that's all they're trying to and do. Exactly. exactly right. yep. Not to mention empty net goals, uh, pull the goalie with a ton of time the coach left. Pulling the goalie earlier than they ever have before as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're just you're desperate. It's the end of the line. You've got nothing to lose, right? So I totally agree. And I was thinking that when I looked, I was, I'm thinking of that total there, um, five and a half in the Vegas Minnesota game. I think we can get there and get over uh, the number. All right, Papano, man, uh, time just flies by. We can keep on going, but we're out of time. We got the Big E Eric Cohen coming up, old school. Uh, we got the Big nice. E Eric Cohen. Uh, joining us uh, this evening. So great work, uh, Babano. Uh, get some rest. You're going to need it because we got a full slate of action tomorrow once again. You sure do, Gabe. Uh, thanks as always. Great to be with you on a Sunday night. Uh, have a good week. The late night anger master class continues. Bring it. You can listen to Sports Grid on the radio, TV, or the internet. Keep it here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Sports Grid is available on the radio, internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. 
The late night anger management class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. We're throwing it down, Sirius XM, Channel 204. Let's bring in a man whose voice will be familiar to longtime listeners uh, of Sirius XM. And a man who used to throw it down with us nightly. The Big E, Eric Cohen, steps up at NTSN Edge, repping in the house. What's going on, Cohen? How you doing, buddy? Well, a lot better after the Leafs pulled that one out yesterday, Gabe, because if they went down 2 nothing. That would have been that would have been a panic mode for I think uh, myself and most members of Leaf Nation. Yeah, and I I, I can't lie, I actually wanted that to happen. Uh, <laughs> being the Montreal Canadian uh, fan that I am, but I don't hate the Leafs. You know, I know like the um, I know uh, you know the, the Montreal and Toronto is supposed to be this big rivalry, but they never play each other. They really don't. Let's be real, like the Canadians' big rival. I hate, like everyone hates the Boston Bruins more than the Leafs. So I actually think it's kind of fun. And it's cool that they're playing each other for the first time since 1979. So I don't I don't have any hate as far as the Leafs are concerned. But I was getting mad last night, bro. What was it? Six straight penalties, Cohen? Six yeah, straight you know penalties? What? That game was more rigged than the Montreal screw job was. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, the bottom line was you're right. I mean, the Leafs, the Leafs hadn't beaten the Canadians in the playoffs until they beat them in the 67th Stanley Cup final until yesterday. So yeah, it showed yeah. how- it shows you how little they play, and uh, you're right. I mean, as a Leaf fan, it's funny because, you know, the Habs were in the Adams division, right? They were in the different conferences. So there exactly. Was other than the 93 Stanley Cup final that Kerry Fraser really screwed the Leafs out of, that the two teams could have met. But, you know, Leaf fans, you're right. They hate Boston. Uh, they hate Ottawa. They hate the teams they've played in the playoffs, not Montreal. But you're right, too. As far as the game yesterday goes, uh, those those power plays, man, without them, who knows how the game would have unfolded. And, uh, you know, the Leafs get six in a row. And one of them, of course, was, you know, I don't know what on earth Mark Bergevin was doing up in the press box, telling telling his team, telling this show, uh, the, you know, the good show point. that goalie interference. I mean, Joe Thornton barely did anything. And yet here, here he is telling his team to challenge that. And the Leafs score, they go up 3-1. And now Montreal's got to kill off another penalty. It pretty much killed any sort of momentum Montreal could have possibly had. Yeah, Ducharme is... Um... Ducharme is saying, no, 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 I made the decision. It wasn't right. It wasn't upstairs. It was clearly. He was clearly forced to do it. Yeah. I, I don't understand. It was It was ridiculous. And as you stated, it puts him on the on the penalty kill again after the fact. But I don't know. Why did it take so long to, for, for the referees even, like the review? There was nothing to review, Cohen. Like, there was nothing there. Like, you know, Carey Price didn't even react after. No. Like, you know, you would figure that they would have said, hey, Carey, was it yeah. interference? And, like, Carey Price did not react. He wasn't upset about any interference. The whole yeah. thing was just stupid. You're 100% right. I mean, he, he if he didn't think it was a goal, when Thornton put a stick there, he would have immediately said something. And that would have given Montreal a chance on, on a review, right? If, if a goalie reacts, then at least they're looking at a goalie being uncomfortable and being phased and, and his inability to make a save. But you're right. He did absolutely nothing. And the only reason the review took so long was according to the NHL, they were waiting on some other looks at at the stick and the pad that they didn't initially have. They had to wait a few minutes before those looks were available to them to see it. But there was no look that was going to allow Montreal to win that challenge. So that was a massive game. Obviously, if the Canadians were up 2 nothing going back uh, to Montreal, the Leafs uh, would have been in a deep hole here. What did you think of the series before it started? What was your prediction for the series before it started? I thought Toronto would win in five or six games, so obviously I was very 
uh, nervous how game one unfolded. I thought Montreal really took it to Toronto physically in game one. Uh, obviously, the Tavares injury was scary. How do you respond from something like that? And, you know, so you go into game two, no Tavares out indefinitely. The Leafs were, they were pushed around quite a bit in game one. And Carey Price was, you know, Carey yeah. Price pitch playoff, you know, inhumane goaltending. So the, the Leafs had an uphill battle. When Montreal went up one nothing in game two, the first thing that goes to my mind is that if Price steals another one, you're right, the Leafs are in big, big trouble. So they needed to win that game. I, I didn't think the series would be as tight as it's been. I don't think the score yesterday was very indicative of how that game played out. I thought Montreal was in it for most of it uh, until those power plays. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know what? They go to Montreal now tied 1-1, and – you know, this this it's still anybody's series. This this is not this is not over. You can you can say with the Leafs one five one, they they shouldn't have any more issues. But I, I wouldn't count on it. I think Montreal believes that they can they can play with the Leafs, and I think it's going to be a tight six or seven game series. The Biggie, Eric Cohen, and family uh, yeah. throwing it down with us on Sunday, bloody Sunday. Great to catch up with Cohen. And just for the record, so of course our longtime uh, longtime listeners and fans of the show know Cohen uh, well. Um, he's a busy man. We'd like to get you on more, Cole. But I thought of you with this series. I was like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta get Cohen's take on this. But man, it must be hard for you because I thought about that, and I'm thinking, you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. Um, you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, and they haven't won since 1967. Yeah. You're a Michigan fan, and we know how Michigan um, have been struggling. You're a Buffalo Bill fan. Uh, we go down the list, and Toronto Blue Jays. So basically. You have not had, like, the last time you celebrated something, I guess was Michigan winning a championship. The Toronto that, Raptors. The Toronto, uh, the Raptors. Toronto Raptors. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. You are a Raptor fan. You are, but not same, like, suffering as the other type things. Like, you're not a diehard Raptor fan. You're just a Raptor fan, right? I, I think, you know what, it's hard to say you're a diehard fan when the team's only been around for a couple decades and you're in your 40s or, you know, 50s, right? Like, I mean, to me, like, you know, anyone that says, oh, I'm a diehard Golden Knights fan, man, that was a tough loss yesterday. <laughs> you've been a team for fucking three years and you've been to the cup finals and two other playoff runs, right? So it's hard to be a diehard fan of a team until you've really lived in, and died with that team. So, listen, you know, the rappers, I had quite a few playoff, disappointments with that team. I mean, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Four straight, and straight playoff losses to LeBron, the, the sweep by the wizards, you know, some, the, the, the grueling game seven loss of the nets. We've been, we, we, we have felt some playoff disappointment and failure with that team, but you're right. Not to the same extent as the Leafs who haven't won a playoff round since 20, uh, you know, 2004, 17 years. It's a playoff series, um, victory for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now they go to Montreal on Monday. It's, you know, and I don't understand this, Cohen. I brought it up. Why the hell would you not just have fans for game three? Don't say, yeah. well, we're going to have fans for game six. Then just let fans in for game three and have, have fans for the entire series in Montreal. Now, I don't think that fans have an effect, Cohen. Like, I'm not like, oh, if it goes six and they have fans, then that means the Canadians are going to win the game. But it is cool. It is cool to know, all right, there's, you know, eventually there'll be fans in this series if it gets there. And I thought this series, Cohen, was going seven, man. I thought it was going seven to begin with, um, and I still expect it to go seven. Now, you look at the uh, you look at the, the number here for Monday's game, Toronto Maple Leafs, minus 158, bro. Montreal Canadiens, plus 134. I got to be, I got I to gotta be honest with you. I think it's a little high. 
I, I get it. I think if even if, you know, the odds makers like the Leafs and the metrics tell them the Leafs should be road favorites, should they really be minus 158 road favorites? That's a crazy number, bro. Yeah, I, I think it's too high. I agree with you. I think the, the games three and four probably get split. I think, I think you know, both teams likely win a game. So if you bet Montreal is that kind of a dog in both games, you probably make some money. I don't think Montreal's losing both those home games. Uh, you talk about the fans game. You you've watched playoff hockey, I'm sure. To, you know you've watched in St. Louis and Nashville and Carolina. It's a big difference between watching in those buildings where where the fans are giving the home team energy to yeah. watching watching this series and watching the Jets and Oilers where there's really nothing. There's just you you know you're generating you know, audio, and, and it's just like you, there's such a huge discrepancy between the atmosphere in, a, in one of these playoff games. I'm not, I'm not talking 2,500 fans like Montreal. You yeah, watch yeah. It in Nash, you know, Nashville or Carolina where the stands are packed. I mean, listen, the home team won all four games. Carolina was a minus 210 favorite at home in games one and two. Nashville was only, you know, a plus 125, plus 130 underdog, and they won both those games, and you could tell – you know, that they were getting something from that crowd. So the crowd does bring something. I, as a Leaf fan, I'm, I'm I'm happy that, you know, Montreal's not going to have fans for Game 3. <laughs> reason why they shouldn't. And listen, I tried to get a ticket for Game 6 in Montreal next Saturday night. I believe there will be a Game 6. And, man, that, that's like the hardest ticket to find. So, you know, the, the people that are going to be in that building, they're going to be dedicated Habs fans premium prices to get in there we're only talking about 2500 people uh getting in the building it's going to cost a ton and it's a good point code actually that because you know you look at baseball and even football and you know modern sports generally i'm saying home home field home court doesn't really seem to mean as much but when it comes to hockey you're right it's hard to argue that those caniacs don't give those guys a pop and you look in, in Nashville as well. It's amazing, too, isn't it, Cohen? The non-traditional hockey markets, like, have the craziest, loudest fans. Yeah. No, it's true. Like, people pitch, oh, Carolina, oh, Carolina, oh, Nashville. Oh, Nashville's not a hockey market. Yeah, watch their games and look at listen to those fans in there. Gabe, do you remember years ago when Cam did his road to the Cup and you went to Nashville? He said his trips to Nashville during that whole, uh, you know, Stanley Cup run that he did – that was the craziest fans he met. They were hardcore smashing cars. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. They were hardcore fan base in Nashville. They really liked their hockey. And Caniacs, they've got a reputation as, as, as well being a really loud, energetic crowd. So you can mock those fan bases all you want, but they come up, they show up, and they give their team an advantage. They're rowdier than Leaf fans. They sure like, are. You know, like when Leaf, if Leaf fans, hey, that's the whole thing. Even if Leaf fans were there, what difference would it make? Yeah. It'd be a bunch of rich bankers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, be a bunch of a bunch of rich bankers. But, yeah, the, the home crowd in hockey, it is different. The players, like, you know, went off a big hit. And there is that just emotional pop that you get uh, mm-hmm. from from a crowd uh, in a hockey game. All right, we'll continue the conversation with the biggie, Eric Cohen, on the other side. We'll find out who Cohen likes tomorrow. Moving forward, take a look at some of the futures. The late-night anger match for class continues. Bring it.
Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you found us, keep it right here for sports news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports. But talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Grid Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Sports Race Late Night continues. I am Gabe Marinci. We're breaking it down on Sirius XM Channel 204. An old friend. Uh, returns to the program this evening to Big E, Eric uh, Cohen. And we won't tell uh, old stories um, tonight because I think Cohen's family uh, are around. He's got kids in the room uh, right now. So, you know, uh, but you know, it's great to catch up with you, Cohen. So look, looking at the number here, as you mentioned earlier, if you take the Montreal Canadiens, I don't think the Canadians, if they win this game, they're not going to be plus 134 again in game four. But just from throw out, whatever you think about the teams and the series and everything, just from a gaming perspective, I think you said it best. They're probably going to split here. Are Montreal really going to lose both games on home ice right now? Probably not. And if you're getting plus 134 in both games, you get the split, you get paid, and you make money here. Like I said, Cohen, I'm I'm amazed that the Leafs are this big of favorites on the road. Minus 158 at FanDuel right now. Yeah, you know what? Listen, they were a minus 210 favorite at home, so I guess it makes sense. When you look at the other series, you know, I referenced Carolina and Nashville. It was the same type of thing, right? Carolina was a huge minus 200-plus favorite in the two games at home. They go to Nashville, and this was the type of line you got, plus 125 for the home team. So uh, I guess it's, you know, there's not a lot of home ice in this in the playoffs when there are no fans involved, but yeah. I think I think from the, from the point of that Montreal has shown to me they're in this series, has shown to me they're very engaged. Carey Price, you know, can definitely steal a game. And you're going to get – the Leafs will probably swap goalies, right? You're going to see Freddie Anderson play either game three or four, probably game four. They're not going to start Jack Campbell in back-to-back games. Be interesting to see what Montreal does. Does Montreal start Carey Price in games three and four? Does Jake Allen get a start here? Uh, are, are the Habs willing to throw Price out there on back-to-back nights? You don't see goalies getting back-to-back nights very often in the NHL anymore. Eric Cohen kicking it with us. But the, the thing is, Cohen, when you watch when you watch the games, it doesn't look like one of the teams are a minus 200 favorite. No. You know what I mean? In the series. Like, they they seem to be very evenly matched. Right, yep. so that that's just sort of my take when I look at when I look at the numbers. I think the odds makers sort of got this one a little wrong, uh, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see. And listen, you can't 
you're not betting on Montreal. Do you ever bet against the Leafs, like even in the regular season, or you just not play the game if you don't like them? I, uh, I'm i a huge proponent of betting against teams that have absolutely nothing to play for when they've clinched a playoff spot. So I felt like the Leafs' last two games. Oh, so you were betting against them down the stretch there. Ottawa, where Toronto had clinched the North, the games meant nothing, and they couldn't win the President's Trophy. There was huge value on Ottawa and Winnipeg in those two games, and Ottawa and Winnipeg won those games because Toronto's mindset was just don't get hurt. Just get out of this game, you know, go through the motions, Don't no injuries. So when a team has that mindset, I will play against them every time. So those are definitely spots where, you, where I would play against the Leafs, and I did, and I won. But mostly, no, I won't bet on Montreal in game three. I probably just won't bet the game and just cheer for the Leafs and hope for the best. But I am interested to see what Montreal does. I do feel, I do feel like Cole Caulfield's going to get in this series at some point, and I think he should. I think you have a talent like that. You got to get him in these games. I'm very surprised. Uh, the Canadians have have wanted the, yeah. the amount of veterans they've wanted. I know it's a big story in Montreal, but you know you look at you look at the Montreal. You know you look at that team, and when Montreal's on the power play, they've really generated next to nothing. A guy like Caulfield, you saw what he's done three on three. Uh, he would be a big impact uh, player in this series. So I think he gets in at some point, whether it's in Game Three or Four. I'm not sure. They wanted size, right? They wanted size, and you saw they, they've been taking the body uh, to, the, to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it's been effective, although they need to stay out of the penalty box. So the Leafs are minus 158, Canadians plus 134, total is 5.5. You know, I hit the in-game under 6.5 uh, on Saturday Thanks. night, which was nice, and I've split. I've taken the Canadians plus a puck and a half in both games. Yeah, you, know, you must like, have not been... I would have been very happy when Montreal pulled the goalie with like seven minutes left in game two. No, <laughs> I mean, no. it's <laughs> but I expected it. I, I, I expected it. I knew we were done. Like yeah. you said, after after the goal and after the review and all that, and they went on the penalty kill and they were down 3-1. I'm like, all right, this is done. And plus, yeah. let's be real. The NHL didn't want the Leafs going down 2 nothing. No. I mean, I, I'll be is there a conspiracy out there? Yeah, I think there is. I don't think it's compared. You know, they say you're not paranoid if you're right. <laughs> so uh, the New York Islanders and the Penguins were tied up at two right now. Penguins minus 142 on Monday night. Islanders plus 120, total five and a half. What do you think about this series? What do you think about this game? I, th- I think the series is a toss-up. And, I, again, I, I don't think Pittsburgh's got a tremendous home ice advantage. The Islanders seem to. Their, their crowd's pretty raucous at the yeah. Northbrook Coliseum. I don't think Pittsburgh has the same home ice advantage. So if I'm taking this game, I'm taking Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, I'm taking the Islanders a plus money. Islanders plus 120. It is yeah. true. You're right. The uh, the Islander fans are pretty loud and hardcore. Yep. They really do feed off those fans, too, in mm-hmm. Nassau. Um, so the Tampa Bay Lightning can finish off uh, the Panthers here, which, man, the Lightning are a dangerous hockey team, right? Everyone's talking about Carolina, Carolina, Carolina. Yeah, and they sort of forget about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning small favorites here, Cohen. Minus one twelve against the Panthers. Do you think the Panthers have one win left in them, or is this uh, is this a curtain call? It's probably going to be tough for Florida because they're going to go with the rookie night in goal. I think. I think they have absolutely no faith in Bobrovsky or Drieger based on how they've played. Uh, you know, you talk about Tampa Bay, and they, you know, Tampa Bay did a lot this year to sort of. I think they're, when they got swept by Columbus two years ago, they changed the mindset of the franchise. We don't care about the regular season anymore. Winning 60 games in the President's Trophy doesn't mean anything to us anymore. we got to be playoff ready. Nikita Kucherov could have come back two months ago. Instead, they kept him out. They saved the $9.5 million on the cap. 
They kept out Stamkos for a lot of the regular season, too. Their focus was the playoffs. You know, you look at the lineups they threw out there late in the year. They didn't care. They didn't care at all. John Cooper didn't give two you-know-whats. Yeah. Wait till the playoffs, and now you're seeing that team is really clicking. And Florida's inability to get a save has cost them because Florida's a really good, young, talented team. Uh, they can score. They, they, they've beaten Vasilevsky a number of times. But, you know, their two goalies that they've thrown out there have both been atrocious. And I'm not sure that at this stage of his career, Knight can be any better. So I believe Tampa probably finishes them off in five. You know, I thought that the um, I thought the Minnesota Wild could play with the Vegas Golden Knights, and we've seen Vegas struggle um, at Minnesota over the years. And in fact, they, they you know they had never won in regulation time before in Minnesota, but they fought through. They grinded through. They and are one win away from getting it done right now. What do you think about Vegas in the big picture? Like, do you like Vegas more? Do you like Colorado more? I think Colorado's probably a better team. Uh, they're a little bit more rounded. I, I think the cadre, listen, once again that we're talking Nazem Kadri, he's gonna he won't be there for the second round, right? So that's a big that's a big loss for Colorado. Yeah. Last year Colorado lost in the playoffs because they lost their two goaltenders. Uh you know, Grubauer got hurt, Francois got hurt. They were stuck playing Michael Hutchinson in the West final against Dallas and that didn't work out for them. This year they've lost Kadri. I mean but every everyone else is healthy. Grubauer's been in the zone. He's 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 a top three goalie in this league right now. You know, Flurry, man, you got to give Flurry a lot of credit. What he's doing in Vegas, he's been outstanding for that team. I just don't think Vegas has the horses to compete, uh, especially with Max Pacioretty still injured. Uh, I think overall, the two teams, Colorado, slightly better. Like you said, it's hard to, it's hard to like say to like, oh, that was a tough loss for Vegas fans, right? And oh, we've been so close because <laughs> you want to talk about a spoiled fan base. I mean, you talk about an expansion team that's just come flying out. Uh, right into the finals and had been consistent, yet it's only going to get harder and harder to win. They have such a good team. This sort of, I sort of look at their window as now, Cohen. Like, if you're Vegas, you've got to find a way to beat Colorado this year. It's a good point because their they're really good players are are older, uh, obviously, right? Like, Fleury, you yeah, might not exactly. get another out of the game. Robin Leonard's, you know, obviously what they thought they're, that, that was the guy they thought was going to be in goal. They got him last year, and he was their goalie in the playoffs last year. They'll probably go back to Leonard at some point, whether it's next year or the year after. But, you know, Stone, Pacioretty, um, you know, they're you know, talk, these, they, you know, a lot of the guys they got in the expansion draft, even like Marcia So and Riley Smith, they're not young players. They had already had careers in other places. They just got some really good years out of these guys. But they don't have a young core like a – uh, you know, you look at Colorado, obviously, but they're big three with Ranton and Landeskog and McKinnon. You know, those guys are going to be around for probably a lot longer, and, and Grubauer as well. So you're right. I think from a from a time perspective, it's Vegas might be a little more desperate to win because it'll be easier for Colorado to win the next three, four years than I think it will be for Vegas. All right, Cole, before we get you out of here, so if you're betting one game tomorrow, what what do you look at so far? You're a little weary of the Leafs. You're a Leaf fan. You don't really want to lay that price. But what caught your eye the most for tomorrow uh, so far right now? I, I would have to say the Islanders are plus money. I, I think that – I don't think Pittsburgh's a great playoff team. I don't love their formula in the playoffs. Uh, so I, I would def, I think I, I trust Barry Trotz and that team a little bit more in that series. I would go with the Islanders, and I think Tampa finishes off Florida. So that, that would, those would be the two games I'd look at. Short price on – on Tampa, uh, who, who they're pretty undervalued because they don't get 
you know, people didn't see that dominant team this year in the regular season, but I agree. when they're healthy and they're healthy now, even though I should I should say there were a couple injuries at the end of that. Florida took some cheap shots at uh, Sergachev and Kucherov at the end of Game Four. Uh, it'll be if those two guys aren't healthy. I don't like Tampa. If they're playing and they're healthy, I'm good. But yeah, John Cooper, man, was he pretty pissed off at some of the liberties that Florida took on his better players when that game was over in Game Four. That's a great point, though. That's that's exactly what I was talking about, though, earlier, and, and which I don't understand the Maple Leafs number. Look, the Maple Leafs are minus one fifty-eight on the road. It's a total toss-up this series. They're battling. They've split the first two games. Yet Tampa have been much better than Florida, yeah. and they're minus one twelve, and they're the Stanley Cup champions. I know. Like it goes to show, like the hype, as you stated. Nobody really, you know, Tampa. They fly under the radar. They're not a big public betting team or anything like that. And then, you know, the Leafs are this big public team. But as you stated, Cole, yeah, hard to pass up the Lightning here at minus 112. And now the Lightning know how to finish off teams and close deals. Yeah. I'll definitely look at the injury report. If Kucherov and, and Sergachev are okay, then I like Tampa Bay. But uh, those, those were some pretty um, blatant cheap shots that Florida gave them, uh, you know, away from the play, uh, you know, the, 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 the puck was nowhere around either player. So uh, I, I don't know. But in, in Cooper already said, like, we're going to be basically, we'll remember that and we're going after them. So look for game five to be a little bit chippy, very physical, sort of like game one was in that series, because these two teams don't like each other much. Well, speaking of not liking each other much, do you run into uh, Orville in the hallways of TSN? Uh, very often, or you, you, <laughs> a shout out to, to Aaron Aaron Bronstadter, Mister UFC. Now, um, how's he doing? He's doing great. COVID has definitely changed. I don't run into anybody because I do everything from home. So there's, oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no one to run into at the TSA. Yeah, you gotta like that. You gotta like that. You don't have to drive all the way out there, right? No, the commute's gone, which is great for now. You're right. Uh, Aaron's doing great. I mean, you see, he's uh, he's our top UFC guy. He. he he, him and Dana White are close, and he gets all the scoops. So, uh, you know, he's he's doing really well. I, I, you know, I give him credit. He's found his niche, and he's uh, he's he's made something of it. Yeah, yeah. The big E. Eric Cohen's um, rival, Orville Bronstetter, like Connor and Khabib. <laughs> In the dust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Cohen. Hey, great catching up with you, buddy. We'll do it again uh, later on down the road in the playoffs uh, here. Although we're pulling for different teams. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So great stuff, Cohen. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. All right. Take care, Gabe. Always great to talk to you. There's the biggie, Eric Cohen. Bring it. What is the winning edge? It's sports news you can use. And you can only get it right here. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Working hard 24 hours a day to give you your USRDA of the winning edge. 
Everything a growing boy needs. Sit up straight. Get it right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Great stuff. Catch it up with the big E, Eric Cohen. And, uh, longtime listeners of the show. Cohen's been a big part of uh, Sports Rage history, actually. It was uh, great. Um, just, you know, hearing his voice and stuff while talking to him, it really did bring us uh, bring us back. Bring us back to uh, to yesteryear uh, right here on Sirius. I think, what, what channel were we on in those days? I think it was Channel 98. It was HSR Channel 98. I think it was uh, Channel 98. Yeah, so it was great, great to catch up, but I'm just going to hear his voice. Glad he's doing well. He's got a beautiful family. And uh, uh, getting it done at TSN uh, with their gambling page, uh, TSN Edge. A lot of uh, edges out there in the gaming industry. <laughs> so, uh, good stuff with Cohen. I see uh, someone in our chat, Daniel, saying that uh, he thinks the Utah Jazz are in big trouble without Donovan Mitchell. And they're in big trouble, man. I agree. Even with Donovan Mitchell, I think they could be in trouble. Well, Donovan Mitchell hasn't played in a long time. So, you know, even if he does come back, he comes back, well, how effective is he going to be? And we talked about it, man, with Memphis. I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson, uh, basically. You know, I saw the way that they played against San Antonio. I didn't think they could do it again against uh, Golden State on Friday, and they did. And we talked a lot about that game on Friday night, about how the Memphis Grizzlies are fearless, man. These guys are fearless. Like, they really are. Like, they don't have star players. You know, John Morant is a young star, obviously, but, you know, as far as their roster is concerned, they gel. They've got good chemistry. You know, we're like, they're the opposite of the Clippers, essentially. You know, the Clippers are a bunch of dudes that have all won titles before. Um, they're all super rich. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. Like, they don't seem hungry, right? Like, Memphis, Memphis, like, they know nobody believes in them, and they don't care. <laughs> like, they just, you know, I remember I told you the other night, I'm like, who are these kids? Like, they all have ice in their veins. Tonight, it was the kid out of TCU who Bain hits a big-ass shot late with people in his face. And it's one of those shots where it's like, really? It's like, no, 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 it's not a good shot, bro. It's not a good shot. Oh, it went in. And... We talked about it the other night. They all do it. Dylan Brooks, man, this kid's good, too. Like, Dylan Brooks is like a, just a solid basketball player at both ends of the court. They're a dangerous team right now. The Late Night Anger Management Class continues. Remember that state championship game you played in high school? Yeah. We, we can't get over it either. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/slash activecash.